Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast and here is your host John Chapman. All right NFL draft and 49ers fan how fun was this week the combine is now over I'm a little sad um, but man <laughs> I, I pledged to make sure that I watched every second of the combine before I jumped on here and it was awesome but I'm not gonna lie it was a long four days a great four days great four days but, uh, man, so much stuff coming out. So what we're going to do this episode, we're going to do a brief combine kind of revisit, basically what to do with what we saw, uh, who the main risers are, who the biggest losers were. But more importantly than that, I want to break down uh, our wide receiver position with our top tier guys. Now, I have three guys in the top tier, and we're going to talk about all three of them today. Uh, spoiler alert, and in no particular order, I have DK Metcalf. Marquise Brown and Kelvin Harmon. Now, Marquise Brown, definitely very iffy with his Liz Frank injury, but I, I want to pay respect to his film and what he's put out there. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through breakdown film, coaching notes, uh, scouting notes, uh, player comparisons, draft position, overall ranks, and I'll run them through the criteria that I value wide receivers and how I grade the film in order of importance. But before we do that, the combine, Okay. What do we do with it? Because first off, everybody overreacts on Twitter and NFL Network and ESPN and all those things because somebody throws up a huge number like DK Metcalf, who we're going to talk about today, and they just go bananas. And the 49ers community, for one, you know, people are saying, man, do we take uh, Nick Bosa or do we take DK Metcalf? And I am just losing my mind. <laughs> so here's what I do personally. You could take this or leave it. And, that, and as we get closer to the draft, understand there's so many different opinions out there, and that's okay. Don't get pissed off at people just because they don't agree with you. <laughs> the goal of doing research, and I, I find myself doing this as well, so I'm talking to myself here. If I'm reading another scout or draft Nick's article, whatever, and I'm just like, what the hell? 
How could you possibly come away with that take, take after watching film? Well, there's a lot of games out there. Maybe they watched the games I didn't watch. Maybe they didn't watch games at all. Who knows? But the goal should not be to be pissed off and argue your point over theirs. Try to figure out why they see what they do. If you always approach things from the standpoint of, well, obviously I'm right and they are wrong, why the hell are you doing research anyway? Why don't you just write your own articles and just read your own stuff over and over again? Um, so try to have a conversation between opposing views. It's one of the best things that you can do because it, there's people I've missed on in the draft and there's people that I've hit on on the draft. It, it, every single person can say that. Every GM, every head coach, it, it's not exact science. So just understand people are going to see and value different traits than you do. And I'm going to go through my top 10 traits that I value for the wide receiver position today. And we'll use that on Kelvin Harmon, Marquise Brown, and DK Metcalf. So what I do is when somebody just has an out-of-the-park workout. Now, I'm not talking about the 40-yard dash. That is a very small caveat of what the combine is about. On-the-field drills, as a former coach, that is everything to me. Uh, hip flexibility. I, I love smooth. I want athletes that do it. So let's say somebody who I graded at top-end speed on a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being awful, uh, probably what I would run, and 10 being somebody like a DK Metcalf uh, with top-end speed. So you grade somebody. Let's say you grade somebody at like a 5 or a 6. Well, then they come out and they just blow the doors off in the 40-yard dash. Well, now what I got to do is I don't change my grade on their overall speed. I go back and watch the game film and say, man, why do they not play that fast? Um, if, if it, you know, they did great in the short shuttle or the three cone, I go back and I look and I say, man, why did these people, why can this wide receiver not get in and out of cuts? Okay. Because if they're testing well in these areas, which is awesome, why is it not translating to on the field? And, and so that's what you do. So what you do is you go back through and you allow the combine to ask questions. That's the number one thing. And if you do adjust because of the combine, all I do is adjust within the tier I already have those players ranked. So, for example, if I had a pass rush tier of Brian Burns, Jalen Ferguson, and shoot, let's just throw out another Montez Sweat, which, you know, I have those three guys in the same tier. Now, Montez Sweat and Brian Burns absolutely hit home runs. Amazing workouts. Jalen Ferguson didn't get a workout. So that's going to adjust those guys within that tier. Now, who knows? Jalen Ferguson could have a very similar type of workout. I doubt it. That's not really his game. He's more of a technician instead of an athlete. Um, so that will adjust a player within the tier, but I'm not going to jump a guy who I had a second round grade on and throw him all the way up in the middle of the first. The, the combine can only move you up so far. You know, I, I don't like doing percentages, but if I was, I'd say 80% game film and production, maybe, man, I, I don't even like that number. That's just off the top of my head. I'd say 90% game film and production, 10% combine. And the combine, you know, you hear Daniel Jeremiah, Mike Mayock, and, you know, all these people, Charles Davis, always say, oh, it checks another box. And that's the thing. You are looking for validation for how you graded a person's film. And then you take that and you say, man, these two things don't match. I don't understand it. So trying to reconcile that, do you go back and watch the game film and bring his grade up to match his combine? Or do you go back and say, man, no, that combine is totally BS because you never see this on film. So I don't care because he's never going to be running in a straight line. This is not okay. Um, you know, you look at Greedy Williams, who I'm very, very high on, but man, he is 
all over the place with his footwork. His feet are never within his frame, and he's so fast and instinctual that he can make great plays and make up for that. But then you get him in the on-the-field drills next to all these other people, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is awful. Yeah, he ran a 4-3-40. That's great, man. That's Speed's there. Athleticism's there. His footwork is trash. And so what's that going to do if he's going against a technician, you know, <laughs> Doug Baldwin who runs perfect routes? What's that going to look like? So you don't – I never adjust based on combine performances alone outside of the tier I had them graded on based on their film. Now, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but what about – yeah, that's what I do. You know, as a coach, uh, you know, I wanted the guy that was consistent, and you guys are going to hear about that today when we get to wide receivers. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump through, and just for every single position group, I just picked one winner. Now, obviously, there are more, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Again, it's the whole, I guess, 90% film and production versus 10% uh, um, combine. So here we go. Starting off with the big guys at center, Garrett Bradley out of NC State. This kid, man, he just looked good. And in today's NFL, with you know all the pulls and getting out, blocking in space and quicker linemen and all that stuff, Garrett Bradley, man, he is. He's gonna be a borderline, you know, early second round, possibly late first round center's just such a big deal nowadays especially with the, these new defensive tackles that are coming out they get all this pressure so Garrett Bradley was awesome guard Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M holy cow he ran a freaking 4-8 <laughs> as an offensive guard just incredible uh, again the NFL is moving to this kind of hyper athlete athletic um just studs on the inside and then you want length on the outside and finesse, and that's Andre Dillard, Washington State tackle out of Washington State. You know, I, I had him initially as my number two tackle, and I need to go back and I need to watch more Jawan James versus Andre Dillard because right now those two guys are in my top tier at tackle. And, man, I it, it's almost like a coin flip. You know, who, who's going to be who's going to beat who? But Dillard is just so smooth and just, gosh, it's just so the funny thing is Washington State they're very raw. Yeah, they get the ball out super super quick there. But whenever you put Dillard in all those drills, I mean his feet he looks like a defensive end just with how smooth he can be. Now quarterback was interesting because you could have gone so many ways. You know the the draft stock of Kyler Murray and how he's almost a lock to go number one right now. The Raiders are completely in love with this guy. Um, and I don't think that they're talented enough or smart enough, no offense to Gruden, and maybe not even Mike Mayock. I think he's just so honest, and that I think that's a good thing. I, I don't think that this is a smokescreen. I think the Raiders are absolutely in love with Kyler Murray. You could talk about how great Dwayne Haskins threw the ball and just looked great. Yeah, his 40 time was awful, but again, go back to film. He wasn't going to run. That's not what he is. But I'm going Drew Locke would be my winner at quarterback. That ball flew out of his hand um and it's weird you watch it the whole time i'm just thinking jay cutler jay cutler jay cutler jay cutler but man that ball just spins out of his hand and looks great uh, his accuracy was on point as well running back miles sanders out of penn state guy came out and just looked smooth looked great impressive in every single drill i can't wait to go back and do more film on him wide receiver dk metcalf you run a 4-3-3 and you're that damn big I mean, that's something. 6'3", 228, 433, that's just unbelievable. And we'll get much more in-depth on him later on in today's episode. Tied in, Noah Fant out of Iowa. Wow. 
just speed, 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 finesse. I mean, just fluid athlete. Defensive tackle, Quinnen Williams. You know, we get through all the offense and everybody's saying, well, number one pick's going to be Nick Bosa or Kyler Murray or DK Metcalf now, which I don't think he's going to go that high. Then Quinnen Williams comes out and does what he does. So, uh, you know, immediately puts himself back into that position. So we're looking at there's a solid four to five guys that legitimately could be number one. And, you know, obviously that requires some teams trading up for a quarterback, but there is some, there's some competition there, which is a beautiful thing. You know, you got the two quarterbacks in Kyler Murray and Haskins. You got Nick Bosa, who's my number one overall player by quite a bit. But then after that, you got Quinn and Williams. Some people are going to throw Josh Allen in there, um, which, I mean, shoot, you're the leading all-time sack leader in the SEC. You're doing something right, especially whenever you only blitz uh, you know, about 60% of the time, you're in coverage the other 30 to 40% of the time. So a lot of guys there that could go number one overall. I think it's going to be a quarterback eventually. And then edge player, you know, Montez Sweat. Good gosh. How he came out and ran that 4-4 is just unbelievable. You know, you don't see that very much on his film. And if you want to go back and listen to my film breakdown before the combine of Montez Sweat, uh, please do. It's a couple episodes back. But the guy is a player. He's just so inconsistent. He's and his highlights are way better than his game film and his combine was way better than his game film. So does he have it? Yeah. Is, did he help his stock and is he going to go top 15 now? Yeah, he is. Um, but just understand what, what you saw at the combine and on highlights, go back and watch that game film. You're not going to see the same story all the time. He's very inconsistent. So hopefully he can fix that. Linebacker, the two top linebackers, Devin White and Devin Bush, they solidified. They are both going in the first round. It is a deep first round. It is a deep first round. Cornerback, Byron Murphy. You know, his 40 time wasn't anything special, but he is smooth. And if you watched any of those on-the-field drills, you were just saying, yep, that's it, yep. Look at that, like absolutely textbook, exactly what you want. So Byron Murphy looked great. And then safety, Jonathan Abrams, he gained some territory, boy. And the reason why is this, you know, he's got some shoulder injuries and some red flags, but whenever he came out and did that 4-4 and looked great and on the field drills, I mean, that just kind of sends you back like, all right, if you're a GM, you've got to look at that and say, okay, this is a guy that can legitimately play single high free safety in the NFL, and he's a thumper. Do we – how serious is this shoulder injury? And so a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the stuff that the fans don't get to see, those medical checks, they're going to play a role. And I guarantee you there's going to be a few teams that are going to say, man, let's go back and revisit this injury because if you lose out – on the Earl Thomas free agency, and there's a lot of teams that want him. Um, Jonathan Abrams is not going to be a bad uh, signing, and there is a chance due to the shoulder. You know, he's going to be a guy that could be there at 35 for the 49ers. But do you take another player with a shoulder issue? Um, you know, you took Reuben Foster, and that you know didn't work out not because of the shoulder, but he had some injury concerns. You know, what's that going to look like? You know, how's that going to play out? Now, I've got three gigantic losers, and they are all from the SEC. And the first one is Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida. Wow. Perhaps one of the worst combines to date. Even worse than Ruben Foster's, which he didn't even get on the field. 
Um, one starts off with the interview process. He said every team just wanted to bash him, including the 49ers. And, and he said the Rams were the only one that wanted to talk football. Everybody else just wanted to talk about how bad I am. And, you know, there's a lot of character concerns there already and how, you know, the, the new death sentence is, does he really like football? And he almost quit a few years ago in Florida. And he did not handle the interview process. The fan questions and the media questions was awful. Then he goes out there and runs a horrible 40. And rumor has it, he fakes a hamstring injury because he doesn't want to work out anymore. Like, this guy will not go in the first round unless a team late in the first, like the Raiders, uh, they decide to do something crazy and not get a top-tier pass rusher. I could see Ja'Kai Polite fall, but, man, ugh, just I do not want. I would not take him with the first or second round pick personally if I was a GM. Uh, Elijah Holyfield running back out of Georgia. You know, Evander's son, slow, low 4.8s. Um, the guard... Eric McCoy from AM ran faster than he did in the 40. Now, he's still going to have a spot, but you're pushing him. He's round five, round six, best case scenario. If you need a short yardage back, um, you know, I could see a team like the Saints or something like that putting him in that Mark Ingram role, but there's going to be very few teams that are going to have him on the board. So undrafted free agent to super late day three, all because of speed. Maybe at his pro day he can fix it, but he looked slow uh, in the drills and everything. Very powerful, I know, but it, it just didn't cut it. And Greg Little, um, offensive tackle, miss. He, there was a time where everybody was saying he's going to be the number one OT. He was out of shape. Uh, his 40 time was awful. Very reminiscent of what Orlando Brown did last year for Oklahoma OU. But uh, Orlando Brown, he slipped and had a great year for the Ravens. But what is this kid, Greg Little, going to do? What, what's that going to look like? Because in the shuffle drill where they have to shuffle about 30 yards downfield, which, again, when is the tackle going to do that? Offensive tackle, I don't know. Uh, but he could barely finish it. He was so exhausted and burnt. So those are my winners and losers. And if you want to know my opinion, just hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, you know, at JL underscore Chapman, how do you think so-and-so performed? I'd be more than happy to talk through that because, again, I value certain things very high, um, much different than a lot of people. Every person is going to value different things. I'm not the biggest 40 guy. It's not my thing. For some positions like corner um, or wide receiver, I think that it matters a lot more. I don't even think it's that big of a deal for running back as long as you're within a threshold. 4'8", that's a big deal. But if you can do a 4'5", 4'6", that's A-OK for me. So um, what I want to do now is jump through my three wide receivers, and we're going to get a little in-depth. But before we do that, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. These guys are incredible. And as the draft is approaching, and your team picks your favorite skill position player or linebacker. I have all the 49ers uh, linebacker jerseys from them. Um, head over there because they're going to have so much great stuff, autographed jerseys, memorabilia, posters, what helmets, all that stuff of your new favorite stars from your sports team. So just keep in mind as the draft is approaching and we're all getting our new favorite players for these teams, game day sports and memorabilia for all of your memorabilia needs. So let's jump in. Now, let me just go over how I have these wide receivers ranked first off. Um, Kelvin Harmon's my number one. Marquise Brown I have number two, but that's got a huge red dot next to it, basically for an injury designation. So my number two 
overall basically grade on Marquise Brown um, has health risk. So my grade is purely on film. And what's going to happen there is I don't have the privilege of running these people through health things. So I just have a red dot there that an asterisk, if you will, saying yeah, this is where his game film is graded out at. Let's see how that Liz Frank turns out. And then number three, I have Derek, uh, DK Metcalf. Um, those are my top three. So let's start with number one. And why in the hell is Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver NC State, 6'2", 221 pounds. Why is he my wide receiver one? And it goes back to this idea. Here is how I grade wide receivers. And this is in order of importance. Again, I stole a lot of this from Bill Walsh's scouting notebook and scouting grading that he wrote for his own personal scouts. Um, So I stole kind of a lot of the concepts that he had there and added on my own stuff, whatever else. So here we go. In order of importance on what a wide receiver has to do. Number one, route running. Can he run good routes? A lot of wide receivers, and this is a huge one that I docked DK Metcalf on, he only runs about four routes. And so that's going to be a big deal. Number two, natural pass catcher. Does he extend his hands away from his body and catch with his hands? How many body catches does he have per targets? Um, Does the ball bobble around a lot? Does he pluck it out of the air? Does he wait on it to come get him? Number three, separation. Is he away from the cornerback, or does he always have somebody draped on top of him? Number four, contested catches. So separation is always ideal. However, not everybody's a burner and not everybody's like Dante Pettis where there's nobody in the freaking same scene as him whenever he catches the ball. So are you a Michael Irvin? Are you one of those guys that can catch the ball when somebody's draped on top of you, Pierre Garçon? Uh, Next one is elusiveness. Once you get the ball, can you do something with it? Yards after catch, Jerry Rice. Uh, Next one, full route tree. How many routes do you run? Are you in one of those kind of Art Briles spread quarterbacks or spread systems? Almost everything's spread now. But where, you know, you go back to Corey Coleman coming out of Baylor, that kid ran three routes, and half the times he didn't take one step on the play. Uh, They would run literally half the field and just take a break, and that transponded over to the NFL. Um, Next one, catch radius. You add, basically what I do is I take every single player, I add their height, I add the length of their arm, and I add their vertical. How much space can they cover? And I'm going to share those with you here in a little bit. Acceleration, that first 10-yard split, blocking, which is very important for wide receivers, especially in Kyle Shanahan's system. And then the last one's top-end speed. Uh, that's where I have the 40. It is my last criteria for success. Now, I obviously, there's more than just 10 things. These are the 10 things that I look for, and I grade the, everybody on a scale of 1 to 10. So let's jump into Kelvin Harmon and talk a little bit about what I saw when I watched his film. So he, he graded out. He had a 46040. That's not great. You know, it, definitely not great, but not awful. 32-inch arms and nine and a half inch hands. So those two things are pretty standard all in all. Now, the best thing about him, and as I grade a player, I I end up with what is this guy and what is the number one thing that he does? And I put that first. Well, I kept going back and adding to Kelvin Harmon because he does so many damn things well. Contested catches, body awareness, insane blocking. Those are the three things. This guy makes probably three to four Toe tap catches on the sideline because he runs perfect routes, knows exactly where he is, and has perfect hands every single time. And you want to talk about blocking? He has the highest blocking grade of any wide receiver I've graded all the way back to Anquan Bolden at Florida State, which is incredible. 
now he's not the same kind of punishing blocker as Anquan was, where he's going to be giving people breaking their jaws and concussions, things like that. No, he blocks with his hands and his feet. And he is very, very effective, and he blocks with so much effort. Now, exceptional blocker, textbook feet and arm extension, doesn't generate separation. This is the biggest knock on him, okay? He does not get a lot of separation. However, it doesn't seem that he wants to. <laughs> He's the kind of guy that fills the cornerback on his back hip and can extend almost blocking out like whenever you're uh, like a pick and roll in basketball. He dominates that. He's very, very good. Always making catches with people draped all over him. Now in the NFL, that's going to be a little bit different. A lot of people, that's their number one criteria. Not for me. Um, great natural pass catching hands and ball tracking skills. Back shoulder fade seems to be his favorite, uh, where he presses up the sidelines like he's going vertical, plants his feet great in and out of cuts, makes the catch on the sidelines perfectly. Out routes, uh, if you're in the two-minute drill, this guy's going to be just exactly what you want because he is the guy that's going to have several highlight reel catches on the sidelines and in the back of the end zone. Amazing body control, uh, toe tap nonstop every single time, three to four times a game. Definition of a football player who happens to play wide receiver. And he even tweeted out today, yeah, I've never really been fast. All I know is I'm good at football. And, man, I, I love that. Um, <laughs> he, he He's not getting the recognition he needs, but if you go watch his film, Holy freaking cow. He's the best player on the field almost every time. Uh, great feet to get off the line versus press coverage. Uh, everybody tries to press him, and it doesn't work. Great hands and blocking. Uh, this guy's awesome. So my player comparison, and I'm going to catch flack for this, and I don't even care. Uh, player comparisons are a little bit of a wash anyway. He is a poor man's Michael Thomas. If you get somebody that can throw an accurate ball like you know, Drew Brees, obviously probably the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL. You get somebody that can get him the ball in an offensive system that can create matchups for him. This guy is going to have one of those 80% catch rates that's going to do everything. Now, is he going to be the guy that's going to win the vertical all the time and blow the top off and you need to roll a safety over to him? No, that's not what he's going to do. Uh, Michael Thomas was is not a blazer either, but I do have a first-round grade on Kelvin Harmon, and he is my number one. So real quick, and this will be my last Kelvin Harmon talk, let's go through the gauntlet and my grades 1 through 10. Route running, 8. Pass catcher, 10. Amazing hands. Separation, 5, his lowest grade. Contested catches, 10. Elusiveness, once he catches the ball, that's a 5. Not really his game. He's an upside He's a possession receiver with upside. So if you're looking for that huge home run hitter, he's probably not going to be it. If you're looking for somebody like a Keenan Allen, that's kind of going to be closer to where he is, even though he doesn't have that kind of speed. Full route tree, eight. He almost runs everything. Catch radius was a six. I'll go over those numbers whenever I'm done here. Acceleration, five. Um, he's got a great stem. But he doesn't blow off with speed. Like he's not. That's not what he does. Blocking is a ten. Perfect ten grade. Can't give a higher grade to anybody. Top end speed is a five. So catch radius. He's actually relatively low on. So if you can combine his height, seventy four inches, arm length thirty two, and vertical only thirty two, he's at a one thirty eight which is going to be the 30th best out of all of the wide receivers out of 44. So he's going to be in the bottom grade. Now let's jump over and let's talk about Marquise Brown, and then we'll get to DK Metcalf. So a couple things about Marquise Brown. He does not – it's weird that he plays the same position as these other really top five guys on my list. Uh, he's five foot nine, 166 pounds. Now he has that Liz Frank injury. So – 
no combine, no 40. All he went in was for health checks, uh, interviews, height and weight. That's all he did. So 30-inch arms, 9-inch hands. He's got short arms. He's got short hands. He's he's a little bitty Deshaun Jackson clone. That's my play. I think that's every single person's uh, player comp for him because when you watch him, I swear, man, you can go back and put on uh, Deshaun Jackson Cal film, which you know I watched a lot with – uh, just last year because Dante Pettis came out and some people compared him to him because Dante Pettis broke Deshaun Jackson's punt return record. So I went back and was like, all right, well, let's just see how these players work out. I didn't think Pettis was a great comp to that. But Marquise Brown is, um, you know, speed and separation. He is just by himself the whole time. Dude can flat out fly, has some of the most fluid hips you could ever see on a wideout. Um, he... It's weird, you know. They had D.D. Westbrook there not too long ago, and he just totally crushed it. Everybody who's in the system, they destroy it. And this is a red flag for all OU offense. You're playing it behind one of the best offensive lines in the history of history of NCAA. You're playing back. You're playing back to back Heisman Trophy quarterbacks, and you've got a system that puts so many players in space. Does that translate to the NFL? That is one of those questions. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying it won't. But I'm telling you right now, it it causes problems. Because if you go to a system, like we saw this with D.D. Westbrook, where he goes to the Jaguars, that's much more of a vertical, old-school, play-action, whatever system, it doesn't translate immediately. It takes time. Um, let's see. Injury concerns, definitely with his Liz Frank. But he will be a nightmare for defense, whether they run man or zone. He does it all. Um, let's see. Would not have been on most draft boards 10 years ago. 160-pound wideout, you got to be kidding me. But we have seen it happen in the NFL. It's, it's a new NFL. We're not crushing people over the middle anymore. Footwork is amazing. Has no problem with press, even though he's only 160 pounds. You can't get your hands on him. He's so tiny. Um, so he looks like he should be a slot guy, but no problem lighting him up on the outside. Comeback route is his trademark because everybody gives him a gigantic cushion and his in and out of breaks. I wish we could have seen him in the combine. Everybody would have been drooling. Uh, you're talking about a guy the size of Darren Sproles out there running a four, three, four, four, and just unreal hips. So back-to-back 1,000-yard season, 17 touchdowns, 18.3 yards per carry. That is just banana. So I have a late first-round grade on him. And, again, the grades that I have for Marquise Brown are all based on film. Okay, route running, 7. They don't run everything up there. Natural pass catcher, 6. He does do a lot of body catches, but it's usually because he's by himself 20 yards behind the cornerback or safety. Separation's 10. Nobody could have a higher grade than him. Contested catches, 6. Usually, um, he oh, he's, he's one of those guys that is almost a circus catcher. He gets close to catching a lot and kind of drops upon contact. You're going to the ground. Elusiveness, a 10. Space player, full route tree, 7. Catch radius, 1. He's about as small as you're going to get. Acceleration's a 10. Blocking's a 1. They don't really do that at OU. And top end speed's a 10. So you've got a guy that has 1, 2, 3, 4 of the criteria perfect 10, but then 2 is at a 1. So... I don't have his complete catch radius just because he didn't do the vertical because of his leg. But this guy's for real. And in today's NFL, you know, if you're one of those teams and you want a Tyree kill, this is your guy. So there are going to be a lot of teams that have Marquise Brown as the number one or two wide receiver. There's going to be a lot of teams that don't have Marquise Brown in the top six. 
It, it, it's what is your philosophy? Are you trying to get people in space? Or are you an old school team that wants to run the ball a majority of the time? You've got to figure that out because he's not going to fit every team. It's, it's just not going to happen. Now, my number three guy, and I understand he is going to be the number one wide receiver taken. Like, I get that. This is my draft board. This is my rankings. And my number three guy is Derek, uh, DK Metcalf. I don't know why I want to keep calling him Derek. Out of Ole Miss, 6'3", 228. And this guy's got a lot of flaws. I'm going to be honest with you. But his strengths outweigh most of those. He's probably going to be the first guy. I can see him going right around like pick 11, 8 to 12, like 8 to 12 range uh, just because he's so special. And we have guys like Julio Jones. We have guys like A.J. Green or Mike Evans. And we've seen what they've been able to do, and everybody's going to have him in that kind of same range. So he came out, ran that 4-3-3, which was unreal. 34-inch arms, 9 and 7 eighths hand, huge hands. This dude's a monster. Physical freak designed for the deep ball. That is what he is. If you have a quarterback that can put air under the ball on the deep ball, (laughs) which is a lot of quarterbacks don't do this very well. But if you have one, watch out. Just Just picture Drew Brees, which he's probably the ideal quarterback for every wide receiver. Just pointing that ball up and just heaving it up down the field on a post route and just allow this guy to go get it because he can jump too. And if we look at catch radius, he is number three in this draft. 75 inches is his height, so 6'3", arm length 34, 40-inch vertical, which comes out to 149 inches. He's basically a full 11 inches over um, Harmon. That's just unbelievable. Somebody, I mean, that's just, that's nuts. And people want to talk about Nikhil Harry being, you know, 6'6", and all those things. Well, guess what? You add in arm length and vertical and all those things, this guy's four inches over DK Metcalf. The top two is Miles Boykin and Emmanuel Hall, but number three is DK Metcalf. And again, that's out of 44 of the wide receivers that competed um, in the vertical. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside might be up there, but he didn't do the vertical, so he's not on that list. So I don't know where he would be. Now, back to DK His speed and size combo make press coverage very risky. His number one highlight was the very first play against Alabama. They tried to do bump and run, and he's so strong, the corner actually hit him in the middle of the chest. He just powered through him. Um, Then was faster than the corner, flew past him, caught the ball, 70-yard touchdown play one. Then the game got out of hand after that. But press coverage against this guy, if you don't have a safety over the top, you're asking for a highlight reel. Um, if you don't want to slow him down, he's going to run right past you. So, like, that's the thing. You're going to see a lot of teams, and when you watch Ole Miss film, it sucks because their quarterback wasn't very accurate, and they did a bubble screen, fade. Bubble screen, hitch, fade. Bubble screen, hitch, fade. Like, that's all that they were doing with them. So the route tree is beyond limited. Uh, maybe some post routes in there. You don't see a lot of post corners, or you don't see a lot of in-outs. You don't see a lot of zone concepts. It's just run straight down the field or just stop and let us throw you the ball. So he's going to have to make some adjustments on that, but the physical tools are there. Um, Didn't run a lot of routes, which I talked about. Very natural pass catcher. However, very, very tight hips. Probably some of the tightest hips that I've ever seen. And they didn't ask him to do much of this. And then he gets there, and in the short shuttle and the three cone, he has the third worst time of ever. (laughs) So you've got, like, the fastest guy ever that's his size. And then you've got one of the worst 
uh, acceleration slash breakdown guys. So what are you going to do with this? You, you can compare them to Julio or Megatron or whatever. Megatron didn't do the three cone. Um, Julio did and was incredible at it. He wasn't incredible, but he was average. This guy is not going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of separation horizontally. Um, so we don't know how well he can run slant routes because we didn't see it. So not saying that he's a question mark or a project. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is he's not the sure thing. And maybe in the draft, nobody is. Is his ceiling high? Yeah. Could he not pan out? Ah, we'll see. I, I think worst case, you're looking at like a Terrell Williams kind of deep ball guy. But I have him Josh Gordon coming out of college. It took Josh Gordon a couple years to get his routes under control. And, I mean, you look at the pictures, he looks just like him. The dude is just a freak. So the the ceiling is there, but, you know, it, I he's going to go in the first round. I have a late first-round grade on him just because if you're the Raiders in that system with John Gruden, he's a perfect fit. If you are a team that runs a lot of kind of route concepts, and he might not be your guy. The height's great, but if he's going to have to read routes and adjust in the middle of a route, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Not saying he can't. I'm just saying he's never done it before. So he might be able to. It's just we've never seen that. You're talking about the most simple routes that, that you, can have found, uh, you can have. So he actually has my lowest grade so far, him and A.J. Brown, on full route trees. So here we go. Let's go through the gauntlet. Let's do this. Um, DK Metcalf, route running. Now, the routes that he does run, he runs well. So I have him at a nine because he runs a fade. He can stack the wide receiver very well. Post, great. All those things, great. Natural pass catcher, yes, nine. He gets the ball away from his body. It's awesome. Separation, six. Because if he's running vertical, separation's there. We haven't seen him do much else. Contested catches, seven. Highlight reel waiting to happen elusiveness seven if he's got any space uh, he's going to be gone full route tree is a two grade he just doesn't run them catch radius of 10 obviously third in this draft class acceleration seven uh, probably should be higher the problem is is just in and out of breaks is so slow blocking's a seven nothing really special a lot of times they just run off like act like he's doing a fade route and top end speeds a 10 so all three of these guys I have in the same tier. And, again, I, I don't want you getting pissed off at me and saying, how could you have Kelvin Harmon over DK Metcalf? That's not how I have it. Um, I have them in the same tier. If I was the GM, I would take Kelvin Harmon for certain teams. If I run a vertical system, I'd take DK Metcalf first. But as far as the most complete wide receiver for me in this draft class, it's Kelvin Harmon. And, yeah, he might not be the biggest home run pick, but Tony Gwynn's in the Hall of Fame, and I want production and consistency. That's what I want, and that's going to happen with Kelvin Harmon. So anyway, I'll be back. Um, we'll be doing another episode, and we will be breaking down four wide receivers, Hakeem Butler, A.J. Brown, Nikhil Harry, and Riley Ridley. So that is what's coming up next. And if you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Sorry for going long, but, man, draft season is great. Take care, guys. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.